Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Kim Stair Wallace who is the president of Dry Creek Vineyard. She is also featured in Wine Country Women Heritage Families. Kim, thank you so much for being with me today. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a blast. You are this incredible woman, so accomplished. You're running this amazing wine brand in Sonoma County, and I can't wait to hear all about you (laughs) (laughs) and share your story with everybody. You actually took over your father's job. Would that be accurate? Well, I, you know, I actually took over my father's job and I took over my husband's job, but it actually (laughs) goes way back before that. I, I grew up in the wine industry. My family moved to the Dry Creek Valley in 1972 when I was a little girl. And, um, my father was the first winemaker here after prohibition and, and was really an early pioneer, but as a kid, I worked at the winery. I worked here as a teenager, and gosh, I worked on the bottling line, and I did all kinds of things. Swore I'd never work for the family winery as an adult. Had absolutely no interest. Um, had a completely different career choice. Right, you worked in fashion. I did. I wanted to be a fashion designer, and I had always, when I was uh, young, I sewed a lot, and I always loved fashion, and I really wanted to be a fashion designer. So I ended up studying design and merchandising and pursuing that career for a number of years out of college. Let's talk about that just briefly, because that is pretty fascinating that you pursued a girl's dream job, if you will, before you moved on to something else that's really quite fun and fascinating. Yes. Well, it turned out it wasn't as, uh, I thought it would be a girl's dream job. And there were aspects of the industry, the fashion industry that I liked, but in all honesty, it wasn't, I wasn't cut out for it. I, and, and mostly it was because I realized very quickly that I did not want to move to New York or Los Angeles, which is where I would have had to have gone to be, you know, to really be serious about that industry. I was working in San Francisco for a company and then a couple of companies actually. And then uh, at about, I think I was 24 years old, my father, I was in, I was thinking about making a career change and dad said, well, why don't you come back to work for the winery for a while? And I thought, oh gosh, all right, dad. <laughs> and I took a job here uh, and that was, uh, well, oh, gosh. In the 80s? As it the was marketing 1986. Director? Yep. 19, well, I didn't start out as the marketing director, but yeah, I joined the winery again in 1986. I think it was really part of my destiny because immediately what I fell into was kind of the more creative side of the business, the marketing side, the branding. And I immediately set out to redesign all of our wine labels and to help us develop our brand image. And and uh, one of my first projects was developing a label with a sailboat on it for a brand called Dry Creek, which is a little bit of an irony and it reflected our family's love of sailing. Anyway, and I spent you know, my early years doing basically marketing and public relations and hospitality. And I was, I pretty much have held every job at this winery over the years. And of course, I was very heavily involved in sales and traveling and, and then took over as president 10 years ago. So I've been here ever since. 
it was a temporary job that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I never left. That you never left. And you kept growing and, I did. and making it bigger and better. Absolutely. So I, I have to ask about the sailing component because it is quite unique. It, it is, especially given, well, given the Where name of were. the winery. <laughs> yes. Um, so my father was an avid sailor as a young man. And, and, and when I was a teenager, he was a single father and he had a sailboat on San Francisco Bay. So that's what we did as a family. When I met my husband, I was really lucky because Don was an avid sailor as well. And so, you know, we just always sailed. I remember that it was before I went to work for my father, we were out on the bay, San Francisco Bay, sailing. And uh, I told my father, gosh, dad, you really ought to do something about these labels. They're so ugly. And they they were pretty ugly at the time. <laughs> Very simple, just a little line drawing of the winery. And I said, what, what, what would happen if we put a sailboat on the winery's labels? And I thought there was an irony with the name Dry Creek Vineyard. But more importantly, I thought it really kind of reflected our family's love of sailing and sort of a very spirited kind of, you know, type of sporty style that sort of emulated our own uh, personalities. And my father was completely 100% for it. And so we we commissioned our first original sailboat painting back in the early 1980s, released our first wine with a sailboat label on it. It was a huge success. And now all these years later, we... You know, every wine we make has had a sailing label of some sort, and it's become our identity, and, and we've been involved in all kinds of sailing sponsorships and regattas, and, and probably one of the most exciting is being selected by the Louis Vuitton America's Cup World Series races as their official wines. So sailing is just in our DNA. Uh, my my family is originally from New England, so I have a lot of relatives that sail, and I my dad uh, has a summer cottage in Maine, so I go to Maine every summer and try to sail as much as I can. So it's just what I love. We love to do it. So how do you pick the sailboat that's featured on the label? That's a great question. So I, I spend a lot of time in researching, um, uh, basically looking at old historical sailing photographs. Uh, there's a collection of photographs called the Rosenfeld Collection that were very inspirational to me. So I have a whole library of books and I look at the photograph and sort of pick an angle that I think would be appropriate for the varietal and uh, work with the artist on the color scheme. And yeah, it depends on the wine. But with like our Chenin Blanc we wanted, which is a light, fruity, refreshing wine, the color scheme is, is very tropical and kind of refreshing and maybe for a red wine the color scheme is more brooding and deeply colored, and so it depends on the wine. It warrants the question, is there an annual sailing event that you personally do, like a wine club event? Well, <laughs> we do We do take our uh, wine club out sailing every year. Yep, we do. We, we do that in September, and it's always a sold-out event. And we, as I said, we get involved in various sailing activities, but nothing specifically every single year. I mean, perfect for anyone who loves sailing to have that connection. And, and again, it's an extension of your personal family story. Exactly. What would you say is going to be your mark on the wine business? Years down the road, what are people going to say? Well, Kim's mark on Dry Creek Vineyard was this. That is such a good question. I I think my mark is I am completely passionate about the quality of our wines and about family-owned wineries. And as you probably know, there are very few, you know, iconic 
mid-sized family-owned wineries still left that are independent. So we are one of the very, very few exceptions. And I think my mark is, you know, producing wines and showing the world that we produce amongst the best wines in California, amongst the best wines in the county. I absolutely believe that with every cell in my body. We are zigging while everyone's zagging. And one of the things I see happening in my in our industry is people are dumbing down their products as they get bigger. They're starting to source fruit from out of the area, larger, broader Appalachians, like for example, the California Appalachian or the North Coast Appalachian. And so uh, here at Dry Creek Vineyard, we are really going in the opposite direction, really focusing in on our own region, Dry Creek Valley specifically, and of course, Sonoma County, but really trying to produce Appalachian-focused, f- you know, terroir-driven wines that reflect this region. And so I guess what, what I, my mark is, is really never compromising and producing wine that rivals the best in, in the state, and if not the country. Top moment of your career so far, because you've got a, a long way to go. Top moment so far? Well, I guess most recently, I will, I, I will say, and I'm still pinching myself, to be honest, is uh, being on the cover of Wine Spectator just recently in March. That was that was just a dream come true. Um, I think probably when we received a top 100 rating for our, um, or we were included in the top 100 for Wine Spectator for our Heritage Vine Zinfandel, which is just an amazing bottle of wine that retails for $26, and it, it's just an incredible bottle of wine. And then I would say, I know you asked me for one, but I'll, I'll just, one other one that pops into my brain is... Um, getting our wines featured and pouring wines at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. I did that for 11 years, and it was such an honor to, you know, share our wines with people in the entertainment industry and, you know, various celebrities. And just, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a thrill in some ways, but it was just such a source of pride. Is there a good story? That oh you gosh, can share? I've got a lot of good <laughs> stories, but I—they will go to my grave. Oh shucks, <laughs> I so want to hear one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that over a glass of wine sometime. Okay, sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you are a great steward of the land. Why is that so important to you? Well, I grew up here. I mean, I grew up within a half a mile of where we are today, and. You know, it, it is so important for us, for my husband and I, to leave this land, this this business, um, in better shape than really what we founded. And I have seen over the years through our own um, commitment to sustainability, which has been very much part of our DNA for many, many decades. Um, but I've and others here in our region, I've seen the the improvement in the soil and in the health of the soil, and really the return of wildlife that was not really existent when I was a little girl. Um, you know, I, I, I used to see the occasional jackrabbit. You know, we actually used to see rattlesnakes. But um, just last weekend, we, we, I came to work, and there was a mama fox with two babies just behind the water tank here at the winery. And I thought, you know, that is a direct, that's really a great example of sustainability in action. So I think when you grow up in an area and you see what, what you know, how it could be if, if, if people weren't so fastidious and careful with how we farm and practicing sustainability and, you know, doing all the things we need to to keep our environment healthy and, you know, making sure the soils are healthy and all of that. I don't like to think about what the alternative is. You make several different wines. 
This isn't a fair question because it's like asking you. Don't ask me what my favorite is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you not what your favorite is, but what's the hidden gem in what's your portfolio? What's the hidden gem in our portfolio? Yeah, the, the, the wine that might get overlooked but is extra special. I think maybe our dry Chenin Blanc. It's a lovely wine. It is so appealing to a broad range of people. It goes with so many types of cuisines, whether it's, you know, on a hot summer day and you're just having it as an aperitif or with Asian cuisine or Thai cuisine or spicy cuisines or, uh, of course, the, the one of the great pairings of all times is, is our Chenin Blanc with oysters. But it, it's just so versatile. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a happy wine. I think a lot of times people overlook our Chenin and, and our Chenin Blanc simply because, you know, many Chenin Blancs years ago were made in a very sweet cloying style, so they weren't particularly appealing. We have always made ours in a very dry, crisp Loire style. I will thank my dad for that. And we've made, well, we're coming up on our 50th vintage of, of Chenin Blanc. That's amazing. It is amazing, really. It but is. I think people overlook it because, you know, it's it's not our most expensive wine and uh you know it's it's just often overlooked but it is a gem next generation <laughs> is there one <laughs> is there one <laughs> well there is one i have two kids yeah do you think are they interested in the business they are currently not but you know they remind me so much of myself they both are very passionate about what they do i have a, a 23 year old and a 28 year old and my son is the youngest he's a fly fishing guide in montana and he is living his dream. And uh, my daughter is actually a social media influencer. And she's an entrepreneur and doing exactly what she wants to do. And, and she's really a whiz at, at digital marketing and all of that. So at the present moment, I think they are doing exactly what I want them to do, which is, 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 is learning about the world and fulfilling their own passions and, and really pursuing their own dreams at this point. I am extremely optimistic that at some point the call to come home will get in their blood because that's what happened to me, you know. And once you leave, I think once you leave, when you've grown up in an area like this, and I, I feel so blessed, but once you leave this area for a while, you realize how beautiful and wonderful it is here. But they need to go out on their own. So that's, that's what we're, we're encouraging them to do that. Well, Montana is awfully pretty too. It is, but <laughs> it is cold. Well, that's true. That's true. What drives you? I mean, what keeps you going personally? You've been doing this for a number of years now. You don't drink coffee. I see tea. I, exactly. <laughs> I, I did switch to tea a couple years ago. I, oh, I know it sounds so, I don't know, probably just sounds sort of trite, but I'm just naturally a driven person and I, I love what I do. I really love what I do. I love what we stand for. I am extremely passionate about it and I don't know what drives me. It's just how I am. You know, I often think about, gosh, you know, I mean, I have, you know, friends that are, you know, a couple years older, but they're starting to look at retirement. And I, I actually can't even imagine that. Um, and I just, I just have so many things I want to achieve and so many goals. And I guess I'm a driven person. I don't like saying that because I think that implies that, you know, somehow you can't relax. And I, I absolutely love to relax. And I take my downtime very seriously, but I think what it is, is I believe in something so much and I want to prove to the world that what I believe in is the right thing to believe in. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Well, let's shift on to your personal life. You've alluded that you live nearby. 
Why did you choose to live nearby? Well, I was it, I was really lucky, or we, my husband and I were really lucky. So we didn't necessarily uh, intend to live <laughs> so close to the winery, but the parcel, a property came up for sale over about 30 years ago that we were able to purchase, and it happens to be here in Dry Creek Valley, very close to the winery, and it was a very rundown house with a even more rundown vineyard, and we quick, quickly tore out the vineyard and, of course, eventually remodeled the house. I just love it here. I, I love it here. Is it too close to work? <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. Although I have to admit there are times when it's I have to discipline myself not to run up to the winery, you know, particularly if there's somebody here on the weekends that wants to say hi. And If we take a step inside your home, what's your decorating style? What's your color scheme? My decorating style is absolutely a reflection of my family's heritage, which is, you know, kind of East Coast uh, style. So what I, I, I would kind of liken it to a farmhouse, a California farmhouse meets Nantucket cottage or Maine coastal cottage. So uh, fairly traditional, um, uh, you know, beadboard around the wainscoting. I have a collection of antiques and heirlooms that I've either purchased or inherited from my grandmother. I, I was very close to my grandmother who unfortunately passed away a couple years ago, but she had impeccable taste. And she, we used to love to go antiquing together in Maine and we'd go to flea markets and all of that sort of thing. So I have a kind of a hodgepodge of things that are very meaningful to me. When you walk in my house, it, you'll walk right into my kitchen, living room, dining room. So it's a great room. We have a huge stone fireplace that is... Uh, part of the original structure the house was built in 1982 and then we remodeled it in 2004 but we have a, a huge butcher block island in the kitchen I think it's 10 feet long oh wow and of course now it's just my husband and me so uh but it, it when the kids were home we always had a house full of kids and my husband's a fabulous cook and I love to eat and I love to cook but I love to eat I think more than I love to cook <laughs> and then as far as colors we have hardwood floors and I have a, a yellow lab who sheds like crazy. So I have a lot of gold in my house, gold and red. So <laughs> that it hides the, the dog hair. <laughs> yeah. Favorite room? When you want to kick back and relax, where do you go? My bedroom. Bedroom. And what would you be listening to? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, I don't really listen to music in my bedroom. I'm really, when I'm in my bedroom, I am relaxing. You know, reading, going to sleep etc. Oh gosh, I love I I love music. I love I love well first of all I love classic uh, rock. Rock and roll of course would be my era. I love country. I love I I like um classical music. I like reggae. I love to dance. So I like a lot of, you know, kind of classic dance tunes. Last night I was cooking dinner and uh, Brick House came on by the Commodores and of course that just, you know, that got that got me going. Absolutely. <laughs> do you have a hobby? Do you have time for a hobby? <laughs> you know, I do now. It, it, it I have more time for a hobby probably than when I was younger because of course I was busy raising children as well as running the winery, but some of my hobbies are, of course, I've already alluded to it. I love sailing, although I don't get to go sailing unless I'm on vacation in the summer. And so I'm uh, that that's one of my absolute loves. Where do you sail? In Maine. Okay. Yeah. In you my, don't sail in the Bay Area? I, here. Not anymore. We don't have a okay. boat anymore, so I don't get a chance to sail in San Francisco too much. I love to ski. I love yoga. I love 
exercise. I love fresh air. Most of my hobbies center around things my children love. So when my son became a fly fishing guide, guess what? I learned how to fly fish (laughs) and I love it. I just love it. When my daughter got her yoga teaching certificate, I started taking yoga. So that's an enjoyment for me. I love to travel. So of course I haven't been traveling, you know, at all the last year and a half, but I do love to travel. Is there a meaningful trip that you can share or or one that has great, great memories from? So I've trying to think that I think this was the last trip I went on before COVID. So my father turned 80 a couple years ago and we went to New Orleans. And the reason why we went to New Orleans was to sort of trace my family's roots. So my great grandfather, his name was O.K. Allen, was actually the governor of Louisiana. And he passed away, obviously before I was born. He He actually passed away when my father was a young child. Um, so we didn't know that side of the family too well. And so for my father's 80th birthday, we all went to New Orleans and then we went to a little tiny town to the grave site of where my great grandfather was buried. And then we went to the, to Baton Rouge, to the governor's mansion to see where they lived. And this was in the 1930s when, you know, he was in office and it was, it was meaningful because I was with my father, my aunts and uncles, you know, my family, sort of on this historic road trip here in America. That was meaningful. Another city just popped into my head, Michelle, that was really meaningful, Prague. So we were in Prague a number of years ago, and I I love, I'm kind of a World War II history buff, and going to Prague, and, and it was, you know, visiting a concentration camp and sort of experiencing some of the history that I've read about was really, really meaningful and very touching. And not to mention Prague is a beautiful city, and a great place to go shopping. Oh, <laughs> there's a bright side. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, there's a bright side. Super. Is there something people might be surprised to learn about you? Something that happened in your childhood or just something out of the ordinary that most people don't know about? So very few people know that I speak French. Oh. When I was uh, 16, I was an exchange student to France and lived with a family. And that kind of began my love of all things French. And... I spoke French fluently through my 20s and then I stopped and I, you know, I didn't get a chance to travel too much, well, at all for many years to France. And about five years ago, I started taking French lessons again. I, I do it just for my own enjoyment and uh, I love, I love that. So I think maybe that might be something. Other than wine, is there something else you enjoy drinking? I love champagne. I love, and okay, I don't know. Maybe that's cheating. I know it's made from grapes. I do love love champagne. Is there a sparkling wine in your future here at Dry Mm -hmm. Creek Vineyard? Well, maybe since next year's our 50th anniversary. So yes, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm very excited about it. But yes, we are making a sparkling wine to commemorate our 50th next year. There's the teaser. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Stay tuned. Yeah. Favorite book you read most recently? Uh, I wish I had more time for reading. I pretty much only read at night right before I go to sleep, and sometimes it's just a couple of pages. But one of my favorite books was a book called Beneath the Scarlet Sky, and I bought it in a little bookstore in Bozeman, Montana, when I was visiting my son. And it's actually a true story. It's a very, very interesting novel. It's fantastic. And it's about an Italian boy. He's about 18 years old during World War II. And he actually becomes a spy for the, German, for the Germans. And it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's an inspiring story. There's a you know, love, kind of romantic component to it. It's, it's sort of like a gone with the wind, if you will, mm-hmm. but set during World War II on the Italian side. 
<laughs> on the Italian side. Yeah. Of course. Yes. How do you pick a book? I ask the bookseller. I Yeah. I usually go in and tell the bookseller what I like. So referrals. Referrals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes friends will write, you know, actually my father's an avid reader. So he gives me a lot of books and my sister loves to read. So she gives me books. Other than coming to your winery, if you had friends come to town, where are three places you tell them they have to visit? Restaurants, shops, hiking spots? I'd probably say going to the coast. You know, going, I, I love our, I mean, I love the Mendocino and Sonoma coastlines. So going to, you know, any beach, whether it's Bodega, on up north, I would do, I would say go there. I think one of the treasures of Sonoma County is Armstrong Grove, the Redwoods. I just, I love that area. I'm not a huge hiker, but I love going for walks in, in that area. Just, you know, strolling around Healdsburg is such a, Healdsburg such a charming town. There's so many great restaurants and there's some great shopping and some pretty fun watering holes. What's some of the best advice your father ever gave you? <laughs> my father you know he was sort of the school of hard knocks sort of training there was no formal training go out and do it and I think probably the best advice is just never give up you know that's kind of how I live my life when I mean we all have challenges you know when 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 challenges occur you figure out a way to work around them get over them slide under them and you never give up and that might just I think that's just how I run my life we're going to go to five quick questions. They are really, really lighthearted. I'm ready. Okay. If you were a crayon, what color would you be? Red. What's your favorite flower? Dahlias. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Who is one of your favorite actors or actresses? That's an easy one. I'm a Charlize Theron. And the reason why? is because she's had dinner at my house. So oh. she was somebody that I met through the SAG Awards, and I'll cherish these m memories of having Charlize and her mom for dinner when my children were... I have a picture of her actually in the sandbox playing with my kids when they were little squirts. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love her. She's amazing and beautiful and brilliant. I'm so envious. Uh, last question, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> a dirty one. I live down a long dirt driveway, so it's always dirty. I drive a um, an SUV, an older model uh, Lexus SUV. Okay. Kim, so much fun to be with you today. Thank you for the fabulous conversation. Thank you. Really fun. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of of Wine Country Women.